welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. We do what we have to do and we go where we're called. So we're recording now, so everyone listening gets to hear all of our banter. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Hello. Nice to be back chatting. Um, We're laughing about, oh, God, there are some days trying to coordinate stuff is more challenging than others. Sure, some days trying to get out of bed is more challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This morning was one of them. uh, I must admit it's. It's coming to the time for me where um, in the day job it is and it has been really, really, really busy all during summer with extra hours left, right and centre. So it's coming to the stage now where I'm going, yeah, OK. Uh, physically, I'm white, so it's time to take a little bit of time off. But anyway, that's me. How about you, Abby? How about me? God, where do I start? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we're at the equinox already. I mean, it's it's like I closed my eyes and woke up and it was six months later. Really <laughs> strange. And you know what was mad was we found this TV show and we watched the first one last night. It's called The Lazarus Project. And that okay. is exactly what happens to the guy on the TV show. He wakes up, goes through his life, and then one morning he wakes up six months previous it's really strange, Regina. And he's like, everything that's just happened has already happened. And it ends up about jumping timelines. That's what the show is okay. about. That the, the, that planet Earth has jumped a timeline because going along that perceived trajectory, it's hard to say that, perceived trajectory, the end of the Earth happened. So they had to try again. And so they went back six months to try a different direction. <laughs> and that one didn't work out either. So they went back six months again. And he's like, hang on a minute. What the heck's going on? <laughs> and he was told he's a mutant because he has an awareness of the timelines jumping, whereas most people just don't realize. So when we get a blip in the day or something doesn't feel right or suddenly it's six months later, I always wonder, is there a timeline jump? Did something shift? Has been has Doctor Strange been messing again? With the multiple 
yes. <laughs> but I think something's been going on for the last couple of years that more of us are feeling it. It's like maybe we've had so many timeline jumps in the last two or three years. It's nearly three years now that you can't help but feel, no, you notice it. You know, even like looking around, you go for your walk outside and things look translucent. Well, they do to me. Do you ever get that? Like, it just doesn't feel like you're really here. Uh, No. No. Okay. <laughs> journey space is different or let's say if I'm meditating like uh, Sunday I needed to recharge so I went out to my favourite one of my favourite little recharge spots outside of Dublin and uh, there's a particular dolmen there and it's in a beautiful green area up a hill and I was just there and it was just ah oh yeah I'm here I'm here this is sanctuary so while sitting there yes looking at the trees not translucent but for me everything was in super high definition ah yeah like really super de- definition like as if everything was just so vibrant and so clear uh, that for me was time out of time That's so it. I sat there thinking I was only there maybe 10-15 minutes but I was actually there 45 minutes yeah but it was what I needed and I listened to what my body was saying that uh, for me at that moment, that's what I needed. So hence why I went there. And it was actually quite interesting because there was a couple of people came by and nobody bothered me. It was wonderful, mm-hmm. except for one guy who started asking questions. But apart from that, it was great. And it was it was really time out of time. What's interesting is, you know, I took the children up to Donegal for a few days. Oh, yeah. And uh, my youngest, Shan, how I keep, I don't, I'm not good with numbers, but I think she's 12. <laughs> Fair enough. I just, I just connect to the essence of who they are and not to the numbers around it. But mm-hmm. we, she fell in love with Rosnala Beach. Ooh. And Rosnala Beach, for, for our listeners, is, I don't know, is it five kilometers of just pure sand and flat and clear sea? And just total gorgeous. And we had gone there. We had two nights and we had gone there the first night. And then we went to another beach the second night. And she gives me the face like, I don't like, can we go back to the other beach? So I was so tired that to scrape me off the ground and pour me back into the car. (laughs) I said, all right, because when she does that face. Then that's it. Yeah, it melts your heart. So we got back to we went back to Rosnella Beach. The older kids got the blanket out of the car and just sat and read their books on their Kindles and stuff. And me, me and Shan went for a walk in the sea and got wet mm. and jumped around looking at jellyfish. And it was beautiful. The sun was going down and it was one of those exquisite moments. And then she turns to me and says, Mama, do you ever get the sense that that like the world isn't real or like you're not really here? <laughs> so it's, yeah. I just thought it was interesting that she had noticed it too so mm. I, you know I was trying to be very gentle and explaining things at her level 
to say, well, that not everything is, is what you believe it is. And, you know, you just do the best you can with what you've got around you and be a good person and all of that. And then we ended up having a really interesting discussion around what she believes and what she's being told at school. And and it's nice to have those like iconic quiet moments, cameos with each of the children individually to get to see what, you know, that's really why I take them away. But it was lovely. But just, just the fact that she'd been thinking about it too, I thought was really interesting. I remember as a kid coming up with weird and wonderful questions and nobody ever been able to answer them, you know, and I think. I think they're lucky to have you as a mum. <laughs> I think sometimes questions shouldn't always be answered. <laughs> <laughs> have mystery. True, but, you know, you can give them your pearls of wisdom and it's up to them whether they want to take it or use them. You know what I mean? It's totally and utterly their choice. And that's the beauty uh, I remember as a kid seeing things, uh, shadows and stuff and um, people who are translucent and stuff that a, a tween can't explain. And I remember both my parents telling me at the time, you're ill, you're sick. That's why you're seeing things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're not well. And it was it was their fear. And that, you know, that's okay. That's fine. And part of me shut shut it down until such time as I was ready to open it up again. But again, bear in mind, come on, the time, the age, what what, what was happening at I the know. time. So we were attacked yesterday in the kitchen. Me and me and Ian, me and my husband, by Maya and Shan, the two youngest ones, because Maya was telling us about something that happened at school, and mm-hmm. we asked her a question, and she says, "To be honest, no, no, no." And then myself and my husband said, well, I would hope you're honest all the time. And why do you hate that so much? Does people say to be honest? It's like, well, you should be honest all the time. And then Shan jumps in again and says, but you lied to us. You told me about the tooth fairy. And what about Santa? And you weren't honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was all coming out last night. <laughs> so, <laughs> we had to admit, yes, yes. So, but the energy of Santa is real and fairies are real, just maybe not the tooth fairy, but um, it was funny. <laughs> well, the saying, to be honest, is very much an Irish thing. In other words, listen, take note. That's it. Uh, you, you know, it's not necessary. You know, we have a different way of talking. It's more lyrical and it's different more. Me. It's um, the way we all talk. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. We go through phases of things. It's just something that particularly annoys Ian. But um. <laughs> but I mean, that, I better remember that. So that coming through again, though, the fairies and, 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 and the magic. But to be able to say to them when you're being attacked by your, 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 your preteens or teenagers about lying about Santa to say, no, I said the energy of Santa is real and fairies are real. Maybe not the tooth fairy, but maybe she is real. I don't know. I've never just never met her. Mm-hmm. But she does know Dwayne Johnson. I think he played the Tooth Fairy in one of them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, there is... There is magic around them, particularly at key points of the year for me. Like, I refer to the equinox. The equinox now is coming up. Uh, for us in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the autumn equinox. And that one is on Tuesday, oh, sorry, on Friday morning in Ireland. 
And that's about balance, bringing the balance the back in. The 23rd of September. 3rd, yes. See, I'm not good on dates. Anyway, Friday the 23rd is actually the official equinox based on the alignment with the sun. Solar alignment. That's I always have it in uh, my head as the 21st. So they must shift. Yeah, it does shift. Like all of the old things shift, right? Because it what if you think about it, you're basing it on a calendar that was constructed by the Romans. Mm. All of this stuff predates the Romans and their calendar was the sky. So the sky has its own rhythm to the heavens have has its own rhythm to the earth. So as a result, the day shifts because it's based on how many returns, what the alignments are. So Friday morning is the alignment this autumn in Ireland. Mm. And you might ask, well, what was the importance of it? Well, we don't. A couple of things. We don't really know the exact reason for it. But our ancestors acknowledged it by building some structures. You'll have heard the word cairn, C-A-I-R-N, which is a big pile of stones with like a tomb like passage. They've got the name as passage tombs, but mm, don't think they were quite tombs. However, remains have been found in them. But, you know, over five and a half thousand years, quite a lot of stuff could, you know, accumulate. However, those there's a couple of them which are aligned with equinox in Ireland. So the sunrise, there's one in La Cruche, Leif Nicalic. Yes. And that the sun shines into the back of the chamber around equinox. So it equinox itself is over, let's say, five days. And on this specific day, the beam is stronger and hits the specific point on the back and illuminates uh, certain symbols on the back. Now, that has changed ever so slightly over the five and a half thousand years since it's been constructed because the earth is tilted slightly. But that was a calendar that our ancestors acknowledged and they felt it was so important to build the structure to honour I mean, we were looking at YouTube last night again because my husband, he's he likes to plant food and do his harvests. And mm. so the, the, the tune and the shifting of the videos that are coming in are, you know, how to prepare for next year, what seeds, how to save your seeds, how to, to mm-hmm. gather. And, you know, so to have a structure that marks this particular moment is vital for people to realize, oh, yeah, okay, so now the days are starting to get shorter on this side of the world anyway. It's time to think about, you know, what do we do for next year so that we can be prepared? Well, our ancestors did that and that's where they gathered. So the harvest is over, right? Lunasa being the Irish festival of the harvest. So the harvest is over. There will still be some things that they're harvesting, but they're now preparing for the darkness, for have they enough food to, excuse me, to uh, sustain the winter? Has the summer been good enough? Uh, And they have to prepare for darkness. So it's going into the shadow as well. And that's really, really important because I remember having this conversation with somebody else and I might have mentioned it before. That for me, this time of year is a time where I'm trying to organise stuff like as if there's an innate compunction to complete stuff and 
tidy up stuff and organize stuff in preparation for the winter. Yeah. But of course, and it's not that I am doing nothing over the winter, far from it. But it's like as if I'm hot wired for organizing stuff ahead of the winter. And for some people, they go into hibernation mode. There's a couple of friends I have who literally, uh, once it's winter, they don't want to go out. They don't want to do anything. Like literally, it's like as if they flicked a switch and they're in, okay, I'm in hibernation mode. And there's somebody else I know who takes it, uh, who considers, well, you know, not everybody can relax and do nothing. Others have to be on guard duty. Others have to be have to watch. Others have to, you know, you know, watch out for what's coming. So different people have different roles. But it is interesting as you go into the winter, how different people plan for me. With the equinox, I always find there's a buildup of energy around it. Like, I must admit, this week, I'm all over the place. As in, I have a lot on in work and I have a lot on outside of work. Mm. And (laughs) don't laugh, I found out uh, last night that there was something that um, was happening on, on Saturday that I was going, right, okay, have to do it. And then suddenly I found out it was cancelled and it was like my body went, ah. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And then the amount of energy that's coming in, you know, the Schumann resonance. I know you don't follow <gasps> that, but that was off for 10 days. It was so strange. Oh, it was. And it's come back online again now. So it's leveling out, but we still have to process everything that's come in, all the light that we're processing. And... um yeah, so it's interesting times and about looking after yourself and being in balance. I mean, noticing like your body was relieved when things mm. were cancelled and going, okay, well, what can I cancel else? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I have two questions from listeners that would be, you know, interesting also to, to throw into the mix if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. Okay, you're great at the admin and all of that. So uh, what are they? So I'm going to read it out. I've I've edited it down a little bit. So no apologies if it's not exactly word for word for either of them. Because again, I don't I don't like to bring in deeply personal things from other people. The the podcast. So I've I've kind of made it more of a general rounder. Mm -hmm. This one is from Seth, who loves our podcast. So hello to Seth. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, Seth. Nice We're to have delighted you. Love them. We are. So he has a question for us. How does one transcend deep, complex, lifelong challenges in their personal astrology? For instance, how does one become consistently grounded when they have almost no Earth in their chart? And consequently, how does one overcome the resulting vulnerability to multidimensional, energetic, psychic attacks that have gone on for decades and lifetimes? That's a big question, isn't it? And I think it's interesting because, you know, we're looking at times of balance and being balanced. It's actually two questions. I think I think I could boil it down. Yeah. Two que- the first question is, how do you deal with the challenges from your astrology? And I don't think it even has to be necessarily your birth chart. It could also be what's going on right now in astrology as well. <laughs> True. That can put it into mix. And I'm talking, which I have my annual astrology reading next week. Excellent. So, 
That's yeah, interesting, so. you know, because for me, this this is the ending of the year and the beginning of the mm. next year. So it's good to yeah. have closure and close everything up and then open up set intention and taking time for that. So could we, we, we'll leave the multidimensional energetic psychic attacks for the moment and just look at the mm. astrology. But I think there's a podcast that I did with Honey Golden about spiritual tools for defense. There's plenty of chat that Regina and I have done on protection and empaths. Mm. And I think really bar doing a deep clearing with a healer, you need to know yourself inside out so that you recognize when an attack is happening, that you're not doing it to yourself, first of all, and then getting help with it, second of all. So, so let's look at the astrology thing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, again, are you giving somebody power? Because if somebody tells you, it's like as if somebody tells you, well, this is, if somebody does your reading, it's up to you to take on board which bits are relevant to you. If you take on board letter by letter, uh, word for word, everything that person says, you're handing your power over to them. Absolutely. And for me, it's it's like a weather report. It gives me an indication of maybe what might be happening. But. Hmm. I'm trying to find the right words here. Uh, I <laughs> No, I have. Um, I can't remember how earthy I am. Like, I know myself, I am earthy and I find it easier to ground. However, I can do intergalactic and work with the stars. But that's not my calling this lifetime. It's very much the earth this lifetime and to be grounded. But a lot of occasion, it's more about getting out of your head and into your body. If you are th- and I'm told I'm addressing the grounding. If you are in your head all the time and I've noticed that there are some people who are in their head and out of their bodies. Some, only some. <laughs> well, we, we, we won't go there. And as a result, they're not fully aware of what's going on, but they've handed their power over because for some people to actually be fully grounded and in their body, is too much of a challenge. Well, I'm not saying too much of a challenge. Let's say they're just not up for it or they're just not going yeah. energy into that as a challenge. But when Seth, let's say, is told that in his birth chart, there's almost no earth, then that's his challenge. And so if he's feeling attacked or vulnerable, knowing where your challenges are is where you bring mm. attention to to balance it out. That's what I was saying. It's okay. uh, What is it? I genuinely don't remember my chart. I because I don't go into the specifics of it. But there's something about there's one of the things is to do with family, right? Mm. Um, One and I don't have anything in that. I don't have any you know, uh, planets or, or anything in that. So does that mean I'm not ha- I'm not to have a family? Far from it. <laughs> you wouldn't be born to have a family. 
I know, but the point is, I have loads of family. Family are my friends Mm. just because they're not blood. So my point is, what do you choose? Like, I choose to have a lot of people in my life and uh, I'm delighted that they're there. And to me, they are family. So you can use the astrology as a rough map or guide. Yeah. Or as you say, weather report to know, do I bring my raincoat with me today? Because I'm going anyway. (laughs) You know, like in my chart, it talks about my, 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 it's like, I'm not supposed to be here for family. And I just spent the last, I don't know, 15 minutes talking about my children, my husband, my family, because I decided I wanted to have that. And I made the effort. Yeah. So, you know, there's an example. Uh, again, it's, it's how you work with it. How you work with it and how you deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that helps. I mean, I suppose for Seth, for him to take grounding as a personal issue, put aside the astrology and work on what grounding techniques work for him and how he can do them instantly, how he might need to do more, let's say on the weekend when you have time to sit and do deeper grounding to hold you over the week that you can then do instantly during the week. Um, to make it more prominent in your awareness that this is a thing for me, so therefore I have to look after it until you embody it, and then it's no longer a thing. So it might still be in your chart, but guess what? You've grown out of it. Yeah. You might have been born with that. But then on your next birthday, do another chart on this birthday now. Who am I now? And see what's changed as opposed to feeling like there's no progress ever going to be made from your birth chart on the day that you were born. Again, you know, all of these things are stuff we learn from. And it also makes it so much more exciting because we're not all the same. Everybody is different. Everybody's facing different challenges, different aspects, different challenges to grow. That maybe that's part of your learning this lifetime, Seth, is to, you know, how to become grounded so that you can be fully present and do what you're supposed to do this lifetime. You know, what's interesting as well that I just thought of these Kuiper belt objects that have shown up recently, relatively recently in astrology, the distant planet. I have, so I have <laughs> no idea what you're but talking that's about. That's okay, that's okay, because, you know, I can bring that to the table to say that it might be interesting to get a new astrological chart based on how you are now, taking into account these new Kuiper belt planets that bring in their energies to the table to see, okay, it brings, gives it more of a cosmic reading. And um, it goes back to that. One of my favorite statements is like Abraham Lincoln, who says the person who knows me best is my tailor because he measures me every time I go to get a suit instead of just assuming, you know, you measure yourself <laughs> in every moment, you check in with yourself in every moment. And I think that actually goes with overcoming vulnerability to multidimensional energetic psychic attacks that have gone on for decades and lifetimes is to know yourself, bring your awareness into yourself and decide, well, I'm not going to live to this old paradigm. I'm going to claim myself right here in this moment right now and look after me. If you don't look after you, you leave yourself wide open. Totally. I'll give you a good story about astrology before we move to the second question, if you want. Yeah. Um, was it last year or the year before I was told in an astrology reading that I was going to get a divorce this year? There was no way around it. It was very strong in my chart that that was coming up for me. 
So the first thing I did was go home and tell my husband, hey, we're not getting divorced this year. No matter what happens, can we work through? And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And I went through everything. And when I look back on the year, my husband and I, we actually had a really superb relationship because we made double effort to make sure that that wasn't going to happen and ended up that I, I left a business partner. And it was interesting because this business partner kind of showed up randomly and then we broke up. And I'm thinking, did he show up randomly? And then we broke up because I needed a divorce in my chart that year and that was going to be it. And it was going to be <laughs> so there's always around things, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. So shall I read the next question? We have, we have yes, one please. more question for today. And uh, this is from Daria. And Daria says... Um, I have noticed that very often when I feel truly happy and I am truly myself, somebody dumps their anger on me or more rarely their sadness. I feel that if I am truly strong and happy, someone's going to steal my positive energy. How should I approach this? I feel it's a boundary question, but also that sometimes people don't like it when others are feeling good. And that's from Daria. Um... I don't think that's quite right, you know, about uh, other people feeling good. I think it's more that the darkness they're carrying is attracted to the light you're carrying. And there are. Okay, the way I would phrase this was. For most of uh, talk about day job, uh, for most of yesterday, I was at an event where I was answering questions Hmm. now. The people I was answering questions are all people who have a whole myriad of challenges for a variety of reasons. And there were hundreds of people through this event on the day. And many different nationalities and going in there, yeah, I was tired because I had another challenge that morning with the vehicle, but it was fine. I got there. I got there to that part of the country, set up and the doors opened and there were other providers there. And I, I was myself. So as a result, I had cleared. I was present And there were two people at the stand beside me who had totally different energy to the energy I was carrying. And it was quite interesting because people would come up and talk to me, but I wasn't taking any of the darkness or the bad energy that they had. I was leaving them with it because previously at those events, I would be absolutely glowing and I wouldn't have proper boundaries in place. And by the end of the event, I would have taken so much junk mm. from people. And when I say junk, I'm talking energetic junk. And as well as that, I would have got so many life stories from people. Oh, my God, everybody would have wanted to tell me their life stories and their challenges. And doing what I was doing yesterday by keeping very firm boundaries, plenty of people came up to me and I was able to help and assist But there was only one or two that tried, (laughs) but they didn't get very far. And it was down to the boundaries that I set and the intention 
that, you know, people were going to dump on me. And I walked out of there tired. But the reason why I was tired was I was after talking for five hours solid. So that was different. A different kind but, of artificial. Exactly. Yes. 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 It wasn't like as if there was bits of me missing or I suddenly felt like as if I weighed 10 ton more because of the heavy energy that I was taking out of this place. So what if those people were your family and not random strangers that just come up to you at an exhibition? You still push back. You still you need still the protect. boundaries. Doesn't matter who they are. Even if it's your loved one, even if it's the love of your life, you still have to have boundaries. Like, see, that's the piece that people have trouble with because it goes back to the inner child wanting to be loved and feeling that they have to give a piece of themselves in order to get the love. So you're at an exhibition, you're not looking for love. <laughs> you're not. <laughs> Absolutely, you categorically not. <laughs> So keeping firm boundaries with people that you you don't know is, is easier in a way. And it's just easier than um, mm. doing it with family and people you've known all your life and have patterns with and do a dance with and have, you know, dynamics with. And so where I would start with that is to peel yourself away from all the patterns, all the dynamics, the, you know, the, the, the codependency and everything. Peel yourself out of each of those relationships in your mind's eye. Reclaim the parts of you that are you. Look at the dynamics then of each individual relationship to understand why am I doing this with this person all the time? Why do I intend to always have good, strong boundaries with this person? And then I'm in a room with them and everything falls apart. Call on the aspect of you that it's not a sabotage in a way that doesn't feel strong enough or doesn't feel loved enough to be able to hold the boundaries in the room with that person and say, well, look, I will love you and you are loved. So you don't need to fall apart and give away pieces of me every time I talk to this person. And this person could be your dad or your mom, you know, somebody who is a primary relationship in your life. And that could be really difficult. I mean, I've had clients who've come to me who've been in their 60s, whose mothers are in their 80s and they still do that. They've moved back home because for whatever reason they need to move back home and they regress into their childhood selves living with their 80 year old mother who's demanding and bossy and wondering, you know, I come home happy and then she's demanding and bossy and dumping on me and uh, I can't be happy and bright. Well, have you given yourself your full permission to be happy and bright, even if somebody that you love is not happy and bright? That's another piece of it. So there's a lot of work there. I mean, you can shut down, seal off, put up your shields and go to the Vatican and see all the artwork and not pick up anything from any of the tourists there, even though you're back to back wall to wall with 100,000 million tourists in there. And you can come away and feel like you had a great day and because you have brought your attention and awareness to that. But then you can go home to one person who you love and everything <laughs> and all of your best intentions could be totally, totally shattered because of internal work that you haven't done. So that's kind of how I see it as well. Hmm. You agree or you're thinking about it? I was thinking about it in fairness. I was also thinking about the example of, uh, you know, regressing as a child. But there's also another step. In other words, regressing as a child in their 60s with their, with their parents in their 80s. Elderly money, yeah. There's the other aspect where you then become to 
where you can parent your parent, but you know, which. So you, you become the parent of your parent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. So to be honest with you, that's where my head went when you were talking. So I didn't actually hear the rest of it. So, so. to be the parent of your parents. Yeah. To be with them, with whatever they're experiencing, without actually feeling it for them or taking yeah. it on. It's a challenge, too, because, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm younger, I'm stronger. I want to do it for them because I love them so much. Yeah, but it's very hard. Um it's very hard to have those boundaries at that stage. So I'm speaking from experience. Oh, yeah. And it is something that we're constantly learning. It, okay. You know the way everybody, well, if you learn English, you'll, as a child, you learn your ABCs. Mm. Doing boundaries is not like learning your ABC and you've done it. End of story. It's constantly evolving as you evolve. So you are constantly learning because as you are growing and changing in shape and your boundaries are changing. Everything in your life, where you work, in the home, wherever, social situations, Boundaries come into play in every situation in your life. And it's not one fix. As I say, this is only my experience. It's not one fix fits all. There are. But you are constantly changing those boundaries. Well, I am anyway. Um, how do I move them? How do I work better on filtering? How do I repel more how do I hold the space in such a way that I can be grounded in such a myriad of situations so it's something we have to be constantly working on it's not yes we can embody it but as we grow, our lives change, the situations change. So and how we deal with the changes. change too. Exactly. The people around us. And you can have an image or an ideal of a person that you've been around for years and they can actually not map to that anymore. And then the shock comes when they act out of that ideal and you hadn't seen it because you're just making an assumption about them that you need to be. You see, that goal goes back to what... I was saying right at the beginning of the podcast, it's interesting how these things all tie together about being measured for your suit on the day you need the suit. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. To bring your awareness into the moment and what's going on right now. Instead of thinking in your head, oh, well, Mary's so upset and I have to give her the bet. You know, no, you come back and you say Mary's actually really upset, but she's going beyond what I'm willing to give to her. And I'm not going to take on her sadness right now. And, you know, to be to be able to see what's happening in the moment now. And I think rather than, you know, as you say, you know, I've got this guy, I've got him sussed. I have my boundaries sorted with him. I'm embodying it. I can just take it for granted now that my body knows what to do whenever I'm around this person. It doesn't because this person is changing and you're changing. So to say, okay, I need to be more present. I need to be awake to this at all moments. And do what is needed to do in that moment, such as you knowing 
you needed to go to your favorite place to recharge. I did that too. I went to my favorite place to recharge a couple of weeks ago. I thought I was there for half an hour. I was there for an hour and a half, <laughs> you know, because we need it. Oh, and God, I've, yeah. And I'm, I've been saying to, to my people, people who've been working with me, my groups and everything, more often than not, we need to upgrade <clears throat> the level of care that we give ourselves. So this could be a nice way to, to wrap up the, the this, this session here. But to be aware, are, is the space that you're taking for yourself actually space for you? So yes, you know you've taken space for you when you've gone off on your own and you're sitting at your dolmen and you get in that, that nature. But I went for a walk yesterday with my dog and he drove me bananas. And somebody, <laughs> somebody you know, so I actually went for half of a walk, brought him home, told him he was a good boy, left him at home, went off for another walk on my own. So are you compromising your space that you think you're taking space for you, but you're actually not because you're trying to do two things at the same time and it was interesting because mm -hmm. I shared this in my telegram group and somebody came back to me and said I'm so glad you said this because I just had to go to the beach to clear my head because I'm looking after my elderly mother at the moment and she's driving me crazy and I needed that time on my own but then I started feeling guilty for taking the time on my own and now because of what you've said I don't feel guilty about it anymore so if you imagine that that dynamic between mother and daughter, it doesn't matter how old they are, you're going to be, you know, not just physically drained like you were, Regina, after your day as an exhibition. You're going to be emotionally drained. You're going to be spiritually mm -hmm. drained. And when you're drained and you put yourself back in that situation, that's when resentment comes in. That's when anger comes in. That's when you get tight. That's when you get short. That's when your tolerance for things, your patience goes down. Whereas if you spend an extra half an hour walking on the beach on your own to nourish yourself, to get those pieces of you back, bringing your mind into doing that deliberately, then you can walk back into a situation, say that's unavoidable because you're living with them and you have that buoyancy that you wouldn't have had if you, you know, if, if you need to upgrade, you need to spend more conscious time looking after you and doing those things without feeling it's selfish. It's selfish if you decide to do something that's going to hurt someone else that you don't really need to do. You know, taking more than you need, but taking what you actually need is not selfish. It's self-care. Yeah, it goes back to the old saying, you can't pour from an empty jug. So you have to replenish your own supply before you can give to anybody else. End Absolutely. Absolutely. So we will look at winding everything up now <laughs> yeah well coming to the balance point the equinox equal day equal night look at your balance physically spiritually and emotionally and are you expecting yourself to be in balance when you're giving too much of yourself to these relationships when you're not setting good, strong boundaries and maybe, you know, as I say, ending of the year is coming up, beginning of the new year is coming up to look at, well, setting an intention to, first of all, have your awareness brought to where are you shortchanging yourself and then to be able to start to give yourself more of what you need without feeling guilt around it. I think that would be really good intention. So that's what I'm going to leave that as my final thought. What's your final thought for for this episode be aware of what your body wants that's it 
just get into the habit of listening. Every moment. Listening. <laughs> well, not every moment, for God's sake. You, you know, you, you couldn't function like that. But, you know, just take time out and check in and see see what you need. Is it a case that you need to do this? Or is it a case, no, you actually need to cancel and you need to do something else? Now, in fairness... Oh, a day. Yeah, or duvet day or whatever they used to call it. But because one of my super strengths is feeling... I always go into feeling, but for some people, that's not necessarily their skill. It can be others, but consider it, try and work with it and see what needs, what is, what needs to be replenished within you. Well, thanks so much, Regina. This was fun. And just a shout out to all of our listeners. If anybody has any other questions, you know what to do. The uh, the outro gives you the email address and I hope to hear from you and we'll be back again with another episode of Healing for Healers. If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast.com at gmail.com and we'll see you next time.